Howdy y'all, and welcome to Cowboys Like Us, a podcast where we talk about the music of Taylor Swift. Yeehaw. Hello, welcome to episode four of Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about the music of Taylor Swift, and today we are talking about I Forgot That You Existed. Lover. Yes, the opening track from Lover. But before we get into that... I just want to give a couple of updates about the status of the pod. As you probably noticed on the intro, we have new theme music created by Madeline Irby, the pod gremlin. And uh, she is also now in charge of our social media. So it sucks way less than it did before, uh, which is good. So if you're here from that, thank you for joining us. Listen, she should have been in charge of it the entire time. And I knew that, but... I didn't know how involved she wanted to be, and secretly she wanted to be involved the whole time, just wouldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, she's involved now, so hopefully everything uh, thing is headed in a good direction, I think. Yep. Uh, she's been killing it. Been putting AI art on there. It's been wild. We've got like 25 Instagram followers now. Hell yeah. So, that's fun. We have a link tree and everything, so yep. getting hit with the kids, you know. Oh, yeah. In terms of audio and production the thing about it is before this podcast i had never done any audio recording of any kind really and the thing about it is i did not know how it worked at all and uh there are ample resources available on al gore's internet that would teach me how to do it did i peruse those at all yeah uh no a little thing you should know about me is that my life philosophy is basically fuck it we ball so i don't plan or prepare or do anything like that i just kind of dive into stuff no patience no research and hope and hopefully everything works out okay Mm -hmm. and it does more often than you think but there was one little snag that we ran into which was that one of our loyal listeners let me know that kimberly's mic sounded too low in the mix she couldn't couldn't hear her as good as me and what it turned out was her microphone was not recording until this episode. This is the first episode where her mic is actually on. Oh my god. <laughs> because the program that I use to record the podcast, Audacity, does not have within itself the capacity to record on two mics at a time. So I had to download a second program that'll allow me to... Uh, That's just how loud I am. The yes. fact that you could hear me was just how loud I am. Yeah, across the room to my microphone. <laughs> which i am right up on and i have been the whole time so okay so (laughs) so i didn't know any of this until right now because justin would not tell me (laughs) yep we're doing it live fuck it we ball he was like i'm gonna tell you on the podcast so my mind is kind of blown right now i knew i was loud but I was like, dang, I'm just really not close enough to the microphone. Like, I could tell. But in my headphones, I was like, well, sometimes when I get closer to the mic, then I can hear myself better. So maybe that's the key. Is I, I really just got to be right up on it. Honestly, it makes me a little self-conscious about how fucking loud I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is that uh, I can use balancing and compression to make us sound the same on the podcast now that we both have working microphones. Yeah. I was wondering why it wouldn't, wouldn't balance more, but... Now I know. There's only so much gain you can really have if you're across the room. So, 
That's hilarious. Yeah. This whole time we could have just had the mic in the middle and been sitting closer together. A little bit of uh, how the sausage gets made for y'all. <laughs> Not well at first. You know what? I don't think anybody expects it to be perfect in the beginning. Yeah. That's a thing. That's another thing that I want to mention is that we getting this thing out the mud, you know, primordial ooze. We're just people who were like, hey, let's start a podcast. And we are learning as we yeah. go. We were just people who were like, hey, we literally sit in our living room and talk to each other about this stuff all the time. Why don't we record it so all of our friends can listen to us talk about it? Yeah. And, <laughs> and talk strangers. about it with us. And uh, yeah, I think we're starting to get a little bit of, of that. So that's good. Speaking of podcast notes, I have found out how to create polls in Spotify. Ooh. So if you visit uh, Spotify and go to the pages of episodes one through three, and also this one will have one as well, you can vote and tell us how you think, how you rank each of the songs that we've done so far. So it only lets me do seven uh, options. So I have ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, and then four. Like a range. Four yeah. or lower, yeah. So. Gotcha. Because I assume that uh, this podcast is going to skew positive, the, the listener base. Because if people who don't like Taylor's music aren't going to listen to this podcast, that would be weird. You would think. You would think. Maybe they just like to hate. I don't know. I like to imagine that we're somebody who has never heard somehow of Taylor Swift is going to stumble upon this podcast. <laughs> and just never even listen to her music. Just become a fan of the pod, you know? Mm-hmm. I just like the pod, you know? I don't, I'm don't. i not really into Taylor Swift's music, but I like podcasts about It's really about vibe with those two. Yeah, they seem cool. Goons. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for programming notes. So with that... Uh, said we can get into news from around the Taylorverse. Yeah, coming soon. Little sound bites to drop in the pod. Yep, Manny's working on them. Mighty B. Uh, first off, the big news is that Cruel Summer is the next Taylor Swift single. Uh, it's going to be concurrent with Karma. Karma's going to be still getting promoted as a single, but yeah. Cruel Summer will be as well. You might recognize that Cruel Summer was on Lover. Which came out four years ago. Four years. Ni- 19. <laughs> 2019. Is 2019. 1919. <laughs> and you might also recall that there were four previous singles from Lover. Me, You Need to Calm Down, Lover, and The Man. All chosen as singles while Cruel Summer was not originally. Which is malpractice on the part of the label, I think. Because anybody who heard Cruel Summer was like, damn, it's a banger. So... Yeah. Since the um, Eras tour started, Cruel Summer has been ranking in the top 20 of the Billboard Hot 200. Even without promotion. Yeah. Yeah, so. Just because people are hype about it, it you know, it's right at the top of the of the tour. She yeah. opens with uh, Miss Americana and then goes into Cruel Summer. Yep. There you go. And Universal is going to try to push that up even higher. It's the same. Yeah. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Never been done before. (laughs) Iconic. And then another article that I saw that I personally was delighted by was about Mr. Flavor Flav (laughs) being a Swift, which I did not know and I would not have guessed in a thousand years probably. For those of you who are quite young, the Gen Zs, probably not Gen Alphas yet, but 
any Gen Z's listening may not know Flavor Flav very well. He was, uh, in my childhood, he was primarily known as a reality star. Mm-hmm. He was on VH1's Flavor of Love, where a bunch of women tried to get married to Flavor Flav. Yeah, that's the only thing I've ever known him for. But he, <laughs> but prior to that, he was a highly respected uh, rap pioneer with the group Public Enemy, alongside Chuck D. Uh, their first, first four albums were all fucking, you know, groundbreaking uh, records. And they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They were inducted back in 2013. So, yeah, he wasn't always a meme. He used to be, <laughs> he used to be a well-respected musician. And now he is apparently a Swift. He was at the show in Detroit, one of the shows in Detroit. His daughter also goes to school in Detroit, around Detroit. So his daughter was there with him. Yep, they went to the show. So it's a little more, I mean, it's like less crazy to me. That he has a daughter who likes it. Yeah, that his daughter was like, he was like, yeah, I'm a Swifty. But like his daughter was there with him. It wasn't like Flavor Flav by himself just was like, I'm going to the Taylor concert. Well, I think he might have though, because this was a quote that he gave back in March at the iHeart Music Festival. He said, I love me some Taylor Swift, man. Always did. You know what I'm saying? Word up. I always loved Taylor Swift's music. I'm here to support her. I'm here to support my girl. I got good blood. I ain't got no bad blood. Today, I got the good blood. You know what I'm saying? Word up. On the strength. But I want to meet her, too, one day. I hope to meet her. I just want to shake her hand. I just want to shake her hand, take a picture with her, let her know I'm from Long Island just like you. I love all of her music, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's not from Long Island. No. <laughs> She's not. She's from Pennsylvania. So, what? <laughs> Does she have a house on Long Island now? I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. She had an apartment in New York City, yeah. but not out in well, Long Island. And she sold the Cornelia Street one, and now she has like a condo, I think. And she has a house in Rhode Island. Yeah. And she... She has a house in Nashville and a house in LA. Right, exactly. And she had a house in London, and she might still have it. I don't know. Yes. As far as we know, has no affiliation with Long Island at all. (laughs) But. (laughs) What if he's, like, confused as to who Taylor Swift is? Or what if he's right? Like, what if somehow Taylor Swift is from Long Island and has been all the time, but for whatever reason, her label was like, oh, no, we don't want to. That's crazy. We don't want to rep Long Island. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's crazier than Flava Flav accidentally confusing Taylor Swift with someone else. No, I mean, that's <laughs> that's what happened. Or, actually, I think he knows who she is generally. I because think so, but he's, yeah. He goes and he listens to her music, and then he knows who she is, but... Maybe he's trying to say, like, I'm from Long Island, just like you. Like, I'm from he just, small town. I'm from whatever. I think Long Island's a small town, but... I think it just messed up, and he's... Thought she was from Long Island, but he's a fan of her music, and that's what matters. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he, maybe he heard 1989 and was like, "She's from New York." Maybe because welcome to New York. Yeah, yeah, could be. She has an obsession with New York. She lives in New York. You know, I'm from New York too, and she's like, "Actually, I'm from Pennsylvania." <laughs> but the good news is, he got his wish. Yeah, he met her, took pictures with her, and uh, everything was good at the iHeartRadio Music Festival, and then at the show in Detroit. He had, a, like, a basically an armful of custom friendship bracelets. Almost up to the elbow. Yeah. And after that, he put out a call to the Swifties requesting some Flavor Flav slash Taylor Swift, you know, bracelets. 
that he could then take and trade to the next show that he's going to go to on the Ares tour, which he has not announced which one. And over 200 people have, have reached out to him, said, yeah, we can make them for you. So he's going to get a bunch more. Yeah, so, there's tons of people who make them. Yeah. So it's really a, cool. It's a fun thing. I like that he's... Uh, having, he's in it. He's getting in it and having fun. I think that's cool. I love it. But, like, if I was his daughter, I'd be so that my dad was... Well, I would be. I love my dad. <laughs> but I guess some people would find it cringe if their dad was just like that into Taylor Swift. But if my dad was that into Taylor Swift, I'd be so hype. Yeah. Like, my dad and I'd be going to every concert on the air store. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's never been a thing that I've experienced. My dad never liked my music. I liked some of his music. And so we could talk about that. But he never was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll listen to the things you like and see if I like it, too. He's just like, nope. Ah, well. <laughs> Nope, I'm good. We have boomers for parents, so. <laughs> yep, we do. It uh, is true. Yep. And then Casa Cipriani. Yes, tell me about this because I haven't heard about this. So I saw an article. Actually, I saw a few, but the main one, the, the origin, was the Daily Mail, I believe, uh, which probably means it's a bunch of just rumor-mongering because <laughs> the Daily Mail is not a reputable, pub- yeah, reputable yeah. publication. They're known for being top class. Yeah. So, Casa Cipriani, Cipriani is an exclusive members-only club in New York City. Potential new members have to pay a one-time $2,000 initiation fee, and then they have $3,900 of annual fees that they have to pay each year. Taylor and Maddie were attending a party at the club, and they were photographed, which is a violation of Casa Cipriani's uh, club policy, and... Two members of the club were permanently expelled for taking these photos, (laughs) and another was suspended. And according to the Daily Mail, Taylor has allegedly revoked her membership over the incident, though Cipriani denies that. But they do acknowledge that they did expel two members and suspend the other one. So we have to assume that this was before they broke up? Yes, we have to assume. like a month. Didn't hear anything about it. That's interesting. Yeah, it was the photos that... Showed them together, like, holding hands or whatever. Oh, that's where they were. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's where they were. Casa Cipriani. Okay. New York City. I had no idea where they were. That place looks cool. Um, As someone who works in the club industry, right. um, not in, like, a, yeah, in a, in a private club industry, this initiation fee and annual fees are honestly wild how cheap they are. <laughs> yeah, it is, because Kimberly works at a fancy country club. In the South. It's a golf club, thank you. Anyway. <laughs> We're not a country club. Well, it's targeted for a different audience, I think. <laughs> you know, Casa Cipriani is for hip, young, young people, slash new money, I guess you could say. Yeah, but, and I get that they definitely don't offer the level of amenities that we offer or that clubs, other country clubs offer, but, like, this is just a club. Social club. Yeah. But, like, that's super reasonable. Yeah. All these, you know, all these people down here who go to the fancy country clubs, they have uh, money that they got from slavery. So they they got plenty, you know, and it's a status thing. They want to be able to be like, yeah, I can throw that money around. We have members from all over the world. It's not just people from here. It's not just people from here, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) It's a hot take. I know. But as someone who used to work at Nike and who is a fan of the brand, slavery still happens, y'all. Like. They call it sweatshops. It's just a fancy word for slavery. They give them like a dollar a day to make a thousand fucking shoes. 
And then, you know, you pay $200 for them and wear them around. You think you're real fucking cool. Good for you. Uh, All right. That's why I bought my shoes at Walmart. Capitalism <laughs> is bad. That is the official stance of cowboys like us. <sighs> fucking eat your landlord. Seize the means of production. I'm down with the man. Do it now. Social Socialist Revolution 2023. Hell yeah. You heard it here first. All right. Okay. Is there any other news that we had? Don't think so. This weekend, um, that we're currently in, but when you're listening to this, this past weekend, Taylor Swift's in Pittsburgh. Night one was cool. She sang Mr. Perfectly Fine, and the last time, yes, solid show, but nothing really other than that. Pittsburgh is hyped about it. Pittsburgh is hyped about it. I saw the mayor put out a, a document yeah, giving her props of an official acknowledgement of Taylor, nice. which was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's it. Nobody will beat Nashville. They gave her a bench. They gave her a day. They gave her all kinds of stuff. ba da ba da ba Song facts. <laughs> so, as we said, I forgot that you existed, is track number one on Lover. And it was written and produced by Taylor Swift, along with Louis Bell and Adam King Feeney. Bell has written and are produced 18 top 10 songs, and Adam King Feeney has won four Grammys. So you got three proven hit makers working together on a song, which I think is cool. And When Lover came out, I forgot that you existed, reached number 28 on the Hot 100, despite the fact that it was never released as a single, just as purely from streaming. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know if Lover did, but like Midnight's every track debuted yeah. in the t- in the Hot 100. So. I feel like it probably did, but still, 28's pretty high for this song. Yeah, it is. And uh, what is Ta- what is Taylor said about it? Does Taylor like this song? Is Taylor a fan? Well, Taylor said, "quote I was writing with two writers I hadn't ever worked with before, so I wanted to come in with an idea that was pretty much all there, melody and lyrics." So I had this idea called I Forgot That You Existed, and I wanted it to be really simple. I thought it might be a really fun way to open the album, like basically kind of shrugging off a lot of the things that you've been through that have been causing a lot of struggle and pain. And just one day you wake up and you realize you're indifferent to whatever caused you that pain. With the first song on this new album, I wanted to bring us out of the reputation era. Reputation for me was about grieving the loss of your reputation and all of the phases you go through this song closes the book on reputation and resolving that whole conflict with a shrug well i guess i'm over it now because i forgot that you existed interesting so it's almost a almost a transition song yep a uh meant to be played back to back i guess almost reputation straight into lover with i forgot that you existed as the as like an interlude <laughs> as an interlude yeah sure so if it is At considered break. the interlude between reputation and lover can we then consider cruel summer the first official song on lover (laughs) i mean i kind of do already we'll get into it when we get to our thoughts but i have a fun story about that yeah well it seems like taylor just kind of wanted to come in with a she had a fun idea of crossing the two albums over and you know wanted to play around with it here's one thing i have uh, on that on her quotes sure i think it's interesting that like we said we have three songwriters on the song uh, including Taylor. Yeah. And she says, you know, I, I came in, I basically had it done, had the melody, I had the lyrics. Yeah. Which raises the question, what did the other two guys contribute? I think that kind of 
<laughs> shows a little bit of how much of a like control freak she is, which mm. the best of us are. Trust me. I understand. I'm a triple Virgo. I get it. But I feel like she was like, I don't know what these guys are going to be like. And this could be a shit show. So I'm going to come. I'm going to dip my toe in by coming in with it fully fleshed out. And then they can make a little tweaks and then I'll give them credit. Yeah. She's the leader of the group project who did the, all the work. And I feel like a lot of times it's the other way with big pop stars, you know. They're always almost listed as co-writers on songs. But a lot of them, you know, how much do they really write? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. songwriter comes with them, with the song, and then they kind of throw in little notes and they get listed as a co-writer. Yeah. Well, speaking of, so uh, Taylor's kind of relationship and now lack thereof with or friendship with uh olivia rodrigo has been coming up recently especially because taylor's group decided to release cruel summer as a single and also she has speak now coming out in just a couple of weeks and olivia rodrigo has a new single coming out right at the same time oh boy so they're gonna be like battling for that top spot but olivia rodrigo kind of what they were really close and then one of the things that kind of dissolved their closeness they stay they say they're still friends that it's all amicable but they don't really hang out anymore is uh olivia sampled some of taylor's music in a couple of songs and taylor and her team came back and like basically forced olivia to give taylor writing credits on the song because she used her samples in the song so gotcha i feel like that that's how you get on a song a lot of the time yeah and i also saw that taylor had added some international dates to the heiress tour oh yeah and uh sabrina carpenter is going to be on those dates opening yes and for those who may not know sabrina carpenter stole olivia rodrigo's man and that is what the song driver's license is about it's actually really sad though because Olivia Rodrigo was a big fan of Sabrina Carpenter and Taylor Swift, and then they both did her dirty, and now she's just like on her own. <laughs> yep, and uh, poor much, girl. Much like some of the Swifties do, sometimes the uh, Olivia Rodrigo stands went way too far with oh, bullying yeah. Sabrina Carpenter and like death threats and just you know it's okay to be mad about things, guys, but you don't have to threaten to kill people, you know. Yeah. It's not that deep. It's really not. Well, and I feel like on the on the Taylor side of things, I mean Taylor is a businesswoman. She she was like just doing the business thing. Oh, so doing the business. Understandable, but I think Olivia is kind of naive to the music industry. Or was at the time. Not anymore, but was at the time and she was just kind of like, We're friends, it's okay, it won't matter and then Taylor was like yeah, I know. She, <laughs> she had to give Paramore some money, too, because she lifted yeah. some of their stuff. Yeah, it was a couple, couple of people, but Taylor was in there. And it just kind of was exasperated by the fact that they were friends. Right. The line between inspired by and stealing from is, yeah. is, is hard to navigate for a young artist, I think. Yeah. But anyway, back to... I forgot that you existed. I think next we will go into what this song might be about. Because there are a lot of different theories about whomst and whatst this song is about and who Taylor forgot existed. And to get into all of that, we're going to need to go to Kimberly's happy place. 
she said special place is out. She doesn't like her special place. Uh, so her happy place, Kimberly's Clown Corner. Kimberly's Clown Corner. Okay. Don't even mention special place. Just don't even do it. Don't even bring it up. She hates it. Hates it. <laughs> um, today at the Clown Corner, we will be discussing I Forgot That Who Existed. Mm. <laughs> a, a research. Research. Little wordplay there. Wish okay. I had a fucking rim shot button. <laughs> <laughs> so my sources, just to get those out of the way at the top, are Forbes.com, PopSugar.com, L.com, and Insider.com. And also some just of my own general knowledge, but, you know, I don't have to cite that. <laughs> so there are many subjects that this song is rumored to be about, but we're going to focus on the big two. The, the two that most people can agree on is probably about the deuce yeah so we're going to start with mr kanye yay west <laughs> heard of him so i did these in kind of two different formats and and you'll you'll see that but um uh, going through kanye because we already have a little bit of backstory on on him from earlier episodes not much but we've touched on it um we'll get a little more here but i'm gonna kind of read the lyric from the song out and then tell you how it might be in reference to him that sounds good when we get to calvin spoiler alert the second person is calvin harris when we get to calvin i'm gonna go through kind of their relationship and then tie back to the lyrics at the end so little little housekeeping for you there all right, all right. so the lyric how many days did i spend thinking about how you did me wrong 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 <laughs> <laughs> lived in the shade you were throwing till all of my sunshine was gone 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 so kanye infamously interrupted taylor swift's 2009 vma's acceptance speech for album of the year after this their feuding would come in waves for years every time it would seem the two had made amends something new would come out to cause strife a majority of the time from the side of Kanye, who again, for reference, was managed by Scooter Braun. <laughs> yeah, Kanye's a messy bitch who lives for drama, and he also has legitimate mental health problems, I think, at this he point. He does. Yeah, he absolutely does. Somebody should come get it. So, it could be did or wrong, throwing shade. You know, he ran up and was like, I'm gonna let you finish, but Beyonce had the greatest album of all time. I saw that live. Did you see that live? Mm -hmm. It was surreal, I don't remember man. it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's scorched into my brain like 9-11 <laughs> it's not quite 9-11 for me but i did i did see it and i remember being well like, but wow. i was i was a big taylor fan at the time so i was i was offended yeah until taylor was visibly upset until that point i was like is this a is this a bit is it you know yeah scripted but well it was that's what taylor lautner said at the time too um or not at the time but that's what he said since then about it because he and Taylor Swift were dating at the time and he presented the award to her. So he was on stage. Mm. And so when Kanye ran up, he said that he like saw it happening and it was almost like it wasn't real. And he was like, this has to be scripted. This she's in on it. And then when Taylor turned around and he saw her face, he realized that she wasn't in on it and she was upset. And he was like, why didn't I step in? Why didn't I do something like in hindsight? But yeah, he froze. I don't I don't blame him, you know? Honestly, justice for Taylor Lautner. He was her best boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> we stand. That's a spicy take. I don't know. 
He was so good to her. Anyway, he's just a good guy. But he's got a great wife now whose name is also Taylor. <laughs> wow. He just really likes his own name. It's a good thing. You you won't uh, won't have to worry about it during sex. Saying the wrong name. That's true. So Honestly, I think it'd be more awkward. It's, just just drop names completely if you have the same name. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to say his own name. Yeah, he? exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you just drop the name. That is an awkward level. It is weird, though, because now there are two Taylor Lautners who exist in, in the world. But they're married. Maybe they should name their kid Taylor Lautner Third. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Kanye. So the next lyric, got out some popcorn as soon as my rep started going down, down, down. 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 <laughs> uh, one of the peaks in Taylor and Kanye's feud was when Kim Kardashian at the time, Kim Kardashian West, um, shared a video of Taylor, quote, approving the lyrics to Kanye's new song, Famous, mm-hmm. in which he says, me and Taylor still... Might, might still have sex. Might still have sex. I made that bitch famous. Right. So they release a video where they claim, and based on the video, the way it's edited, it makes it look like she approved those lyrics. Later to find out they had, like, kind of skewed the video. So that's not actually what she said. She wasn't given all the information. She didn't know exactly what he was going to say. Anyway, the response to the video, or the original video that was leaked of her potentially approving the song, garnered a response that was largely anti-Taylor. Everybody was mad at Taylor. Because they were like, you made this big deal about how upset you were, and now we see that you knew about it the whole time. Again, we get news later. That wasn't the case. But at the time, everybody was upset. Right. So all of this ultimately led to Taylor's about year and a half hiatus from music. Um, This meant breaking her streak of an album every two years, returning to the spotlight with the um, Reputation album in 2017. So she basically had been, up until that point, releasing one album every two years, and she would have released one in 2016, but then all of this happened. And so she took a little break and then came back a year later with Reputation. And that gap has created some interesting theories that We'll get into another day, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, with Reputation being very obviously about the recent drama in her life, the mention of Rep in this song feels like a direct callback to the subject of a lot of that album, which Mm. was Scooter and Kanye and all of that feud. So, then, uh, she has a line, In my feelings more than Drake, so yeah. Obviously, we know that Drake has a song called In My Feelings. Right. That was relevant at the time. So it's a reference to pop culture. For sure, definitely a reference to pop culture. Um, And it could be that simple. But also, at the same time, it seems like a jab towards Kanye. Because parallel to all of this happening, Kanye and Drake have been friends for a long time. But they've known to kind of go back and forth a little bit. And um, they have their own history, but around this time, specifically... The two were beefing because Drake had confided in Kanye about his son, who he was not being public about. And as Kanye was the only person Drake told about his child, it was clear who the source was when Pusha T released a Drake diss track specifically outing him for hiding a son. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to that song, you should, because I mean, my man just goes in and just cooks <laughs> his ass. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, not only is this just like a current 
pop culture reference of like the song In My Feelings by Drake that was really big at the time. It's also like a little wink at Kanye, like, you know, you know, Drake, you know, Jake, that's not your friend anymore because you screwed him over like you do everyone. Because you're a dirty bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, those are kind of the big lyrics that um, people think kind of point towards Kanye specifically. Right. So our second option, and I feel like the majority of people consider this song about Calvin Harris, well-known DJ. So Calvin and Taylor began dating in March of 2015 and had a relatively uneventful relationship as far as celebrity relationships go until their breakup. June 1st of 2016, the couple announced their split and had a very cordial exchange on Twitter that made fans feel like they ended on good terms. Shortly after the breakup, it was revealed that Taylor co-wrote his hit song, This Is What You Came For, featuring Rihanna. Her involvement was supposed to remain a secret. Harris then went on a Twitter rampage (laughs) in response to a news article about the leaked secret he responded. And she sings on a little bit of it too. Amazing lyric writer and she smashed smashed it as usual. In tweets immediately following, he states, I wrote the music, produced the song, arranged it, and cut the vocals, though. And initially, she wanted to keep it a secret, hence the pseudonym. Uh, Hurtful to me at this point that her and her team would go so far out of their way to try and make me look bad at this stage, though. I figure if you're happy in your new relationship, you should try and focus on that instead of trying to tear your ex-boyfriend down for something to do. I know you're off tour and you need someone new to try and bury, like Katie, etc., but <laughs> etc. I'm not that guy. Sorry, I won't allow it. Please focus on the positive aspects of your life because you've earned a great one. So <laughs> in all of that, it obviously starts off like him acknowledging that she did good work on the song and then he spirals very quickly out of control in like anger. I feel like a lot of people, it was because a lot of, I say a lot of people, a lot of press were like giving her all of the credit for it and he was getting upset because he was like, I definitely did work on this song. It's my song. She just happened to be there and help out a little bit. Yeah, it got away from him a little bit. Yeah, but in the process... (laughs) He uh, managed to add a couple of things, one being her relationship with Tom Hiddleston, which happened very soon after the breakup to Calvin Harris, kind of uh, suspiciously soon to a lot of people. And then he also confirmed the beef between Taylor and Katie, which up until that point had just been rumor. People had been talking about how Katy Perry and Taylor Swift were in this big old fight and they were having this feud because of, you know, backup dancers and stuff. A a thing we'll get into later for sure, but this was the first time that anyone had publicly confirmed that that was a thing, that they weren't getting along. So, let's go back to the lyric, shall we? Um, So again, how many days did I spend thinking about how you did me wrong? Lived in the shade you were throwing till all my sunshine was gone. Got out some popcorn as soon as my rep started going down. Uh, both of these lines could be in reference to Calvin's Twitter response to their breakup, as well as the fact that during those tweets, he publicly confirmed the feud between Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, which was just rumor. So all of that could be pointing to that. Would have been right there front row, even if nobody came to your show, but you showed who you are. 
saying I wanted this to be amicable. I would have been a supporter, but you threw me to the wolves. So all that being said, we'll leave Clown Corner there, but Taylor likes to leave people guessing. And I think that's what uh, she's going for with the subject of the song, pointing out that unfortunately there are a lot of people in her life at some point or another that this song can apply to. And coming out of the rep era, she realizes that her life is just so much more peaceful when she drops the dead weight. Some critical response to this song. The AV Club described it as soulful, girl group bubblegum, and deliciously flippant. NME called it a tedious reputation retread, which, same, bro, spoilers. And then Pitchfork said it was a hopscotch rhythm set to a rhyme like you'd leave in your nemesis's yearbook if you were really being honest, which is to say, doesn't sound like she forgot for one second. Yeah, she really did sort of hoist herself on her own petard with this song. With this song, because you don't write songs about people you forgot that they existed. You know. Oh, but I think that was part of it. It's yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yep. Uh, and then Rolling Stone called it pro forma post trop house, and I would just say that just because you mentioned Drake in a song doesn't mean that. Trop House had anything to do with the song, Rolling Stone, but okay. So that's what the critics said. Kind of a, kind of a mixed bag. Some of them liked it. Some of them thought it was a little meh. What about the fans, you know? What about the fans? What did they say? Um, so on the Reddit Survivor ranking, mm-hmm. um, it finished 14th out of 17 tracks on Lover, ahead of nice It's to Nice have to Have a friend. friend, You Need to Calm Down, and Me. Right. I don't think You Need to Calm Down needs to be below the song, but the other two can stay where they are. Yeah. And then Rob Sheffield, our favorite, ranked at 187. 187 out of like 229 songs. So pretty low. Not as low as Change. Not as low as Change. (laughs) Not as low as Change. That's still the lowest so far, but it's close. It's close. It's about 20 songs off. Yeah. How do you feel about this song? What are your thoughts on it? So... I think her um, her explanation of it being a transition from rep to lover makes a lot of sense. Um, it gives off both vibes. It could really fit on either one, and I, I get that. But it was not the best choice to kick it off or kick off the album mm. musically. I think we can all agree to that. Transition-wise, yes, it's good, but Cruel Summer should have been the opener. Uh, the album would have just like made an overall better impression. <laughs> I'm a fan of this song a lot, but I think it gets lost very easily because it feels out of place. I wouldn't take it off the album, but it needs to at least be after Cruel Summer. How, how, how do you feel about the possibility of it being the closer on Reputation as opposed to the opener on Lover, where it could feel the, feel the same role as yeah. Interlude? I think that would make sense to me, yeah. I think... Would you have to take off New Year's Day then? Would it feel weird to have that after New Year's Day? Probably. I think so. But I think I could lose New Year's Day. I don't know about the spice take. For a better transition, I think I could lose New Year's Day. Mm, Or just, yeah. New Year's Day is really good, and I would hope it came up somewhere else. And I think it has to be a closer. I feel like it just has to. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like a, a standalone song that she drops in between. Yeah. Reputation and Lover. Or like, 
like we got um, all the girls you lived before. Maybe it's like a random more lover track, more reputation track. We get it in the reputation re-record as a mock track. Yeah. Those all make sense to me. So Lover as an album feels like a giggly, girly high school album to me. Yeah. Right? So as a girl who was in high school at one time. Did you now? You went yeah. to high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm also a girl. Did you graduate? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. nice. Anyway, as a girl who was in high school at one point, this is exactly what a petty high school girl, this is the song she would write about her her boyfriend or her uh, best friend after like a fight or a breakup. Honestly, the perfect song for that. If this song had come out when I was in high school, all of the fights that I got in with my friends and things, this would have been my go-to song. Because I think the point is to be like, oh, you? I forgot that you even existed. Like, obviously you didn't. Right. Obviously you didn't. But it's better to make someone feel like you did because it hurts. It stings. It really drives the knife in. Like, I forgot you were even here. Yeah. You hate me. Well, I don't even think about you. Yeah. Yep. Who are you again? The Don Draper from yeah. Mad Men. I don't think about you at all. Yeah. So as a, you know, as like a girly, girly pop high school, I think it's great. It's the pettiest, like, little jab of the knife. And I love it. I think it's great in that way. It also gives Speak Now vibes to me. I feel like it could have, it could have been on Speak Now. That's interesting. Now, it wouldn't have worked as a transition, obviously. Right. And it would have been way before Reputation. But if we go back and we assign other things to other albums, I feel like it would have worked on Speak Now with Better Than Revenge and you know, Mean and stuff like that. I feel like it really would have worked at that time. Okay. Period. Gotcha. In comparison to It's Time to Go, we talked about it, about like kind of the, the storyline being all over the place and the subject of the song being confusing. Um I think this one does a better job of sticking to one subject rather than skipping around. But as we discussed in my clown corner, um, it's left ambiguous. It's supposed to be ambiguous. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. All right. For me, for me, for me, uh, it's always a skip. Always. <laughs> I, I do not listen to it. And I have a funny story about that, uh, which which you already know, but the listeners don't, so I'm going to tell it again. That's fine. Yeah, we talked about it off mic the other day, but I was on my way home from work, driving down the interstate, and I decide to listen to I Forgot That You Existed for this podcast, get some, some updated thoughts, because I hadn't heard it in a little bit. So I pulled out my phone whilst driving, which you shouldn't do. You shouldn't do. But, you know, fuck it, we ball. So I, I pulled it up. Cowboys Like Us does not condone texting and driving. <laughs> or playing on your phone and driving. That's right. You know, be responsible. Don't be a Justin. Be mm-hmm. a Kim. She's, she's responsible and an adult. Well. Um, <laughs> I pulled up Lover, and I hit what I believed to be the top track. But I was driving, so I couldn't really look down at my phone that much. And also because I was driving, I was not listening all that much to the song it was kind of just in the background of my mind and after about 30 seconds or so i suddenly realized holy shit we may have a banger here ladies and gentlemen this song that is playing in the background of my mind right now uh it bangs 
one of the best songs you've ever heard. Yeah, it's like it's like top shelf, and I'm like, well, goddamn, you know, have I just? It's been shitting on this song left and right. Yeah, have I just totally blown it? Am I am I a crazy person? <laughs> and it turns out no, I wasn't because what I had done was I had accidentally hit "Cruel Summer" instead. Of, I forgot that he existed, and when the chorus kicked in, I was like, ah, that makes sense. I like to imagine that like, you reached for I forgot that you existed, and your finger was just like, no, it just, I won't do it. And so it, it redirected <laughs> the cruel stuff. Just automatically said, nope. Yep. Yep. That's pretty much what happened. So then, obviously, I went back, and I actually, actually did choose I forgot that you existed. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. This lives up to expectations. Nope. It's what I thought. It's what I thought. Uh, Taylor's sort of, I understand what she was trying to do. I do. I understand the transition thing. And now that I've heard that, it makes a little more sense to me. Because to me, it made no fucking sense as an opener to mm-hmm. Lover. I was like, it doesn't sound like Lover to me. It doesn't sound like a Lover song. I mean, it kind of does, but not really. Mm-hmm. And it certainly doesn't sound like an opener to me. Because yeah. it's not very strong. And it kind of mid-tempo. And it, I don't know. It's weird. It was a weird choice, I thought, when you have Cruel Summer right there. Just put Cruel Summer at the opener... And we in business, which is effectively what I do, because mm-hmm. I just start with Cruel Summer and and I'm vibing. And I forgot that you existed. I literally sometimes forget that it exists because I don't listen to it. I think your point about high school mm-hmm. is very accurate. It does feel like it's sort of a recurring theme on Lover is that uh, high school... Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince is a great example. Yeah, it, it just gives that, like, teenage, preteen to teenage... Bubblegum pop. Bubblegum pop, like... Girly girl. I don't know, I'm just trying to figure life out, man. <laughs> yeah, and that's cool, but I don't know. I forgot that you existed showcases a side of Taylor's personality that I personally don't care for, which is that she holds grudges forever, and that she is... Very snide and very just sort of bitter. And the reason I don't like that is because it reminds me of me too much. I was going to say, I fucking love a grudge. I hold grudges till day I die. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of me too much. And I like songs like, for example, Happiness is a great example, where she really sort of takes a step back out of her feelings and just shows a little more maturity and reflects on on things in a more adult way. I think that's a cool thing, and I think it's a good message to send to people, whereas this is like, yeah, you should be a catty mean girl. Well, I think think that's good. That's also the difference between where she was in her life in Reputation, coming out of Reputation with Lover, Mm -hmm. and then later into the pandemic with Folklore. I think she did a lot of growing over the course of Lover and into Folklore. I think so, and we all do. We all grow. We all learn things. That's for sure. Well, okay, and then even farther into Evermore, but not that much farther, but still. Right. I don't want people thinking that I think that happiness is on folklore. Yeah, and I think if you put I Forgot That You Existed as the opener, you can't put Cruel Summer right after it. You just cannot do it because it fucking, it makes I Forgot That You Existed look so much worse coming right behind it. You have to put like a little, I don't know, like a transition from your transition. A yeah. little bit. Pick up the pace slightly, but not a full-on banger because it just, it feels so weird. What if she had done 
I forgot that you existed and then me and then Cruel Summer because everyone hates me so much. Maybe that would have made I forgot that you existed a little bit better. <laughs> it would have. It would have made I forgot that you existed feel better by comparison, but it would have also still been just super weird. Yeah. I forgot that you existed right into me and then right into Cruel Summer. You'd be yeah. like, what is this album? Like, that would be the craziest. I was just trying to think of like, What's a song that we could sandwich in there, but it'd be okay if it, like, people already hate it. So, ooh, it's nice to have a friend. Let's put it's nice to have a friend there so that everyone forgets that it existed. Well, <laughs> yeah. That one, if she'd done that, I think, I might have turned it off. After I forgot that it existed, I'm like... <laughs> the first listen through, you would have been like, she's lost her fucking mind. Yeah, like, I don't need to hear anymore. This is, this is bad. Done. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's bad. Who let this album out of a cage? So maybe that was a good... That was someone's thought. Like, <laughs> we gotta put a banger here because... Because we started off so Because we opened slow. with a dud, yeah, yeah. So we gotta really get listeners back. I don't know, but it, it's weird. Cruel Storm should have been the opener. And I forgot that you existed is probably in my bottom half of Lover tracks. I don't think I would have put it 14th. I think that's probably too low. I think there are some... Other songs potentially that could go lower than it, but it would probably be around 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. I think I could find another couple to put it. Yeah, it's it, definitely not top top 10. I do no. really like it as it stands, but not against the rest of the album. Right. And yeah, as we've discussed, it's paradoxical. You can't write a song about someone you forgot existed. That's not true. Yeah, but if you're a petty high school girl, like I said, it's a little jab. Just mean, yeah. Just yeah. being mean. It's just being mean and petty. And I love being petty. <laughs> Hypocrisy, ladies and gentlemen. Hypocrisy. I live for the petty. I live for other people being petty. Other people. I love strong. watching the pettiness. Yeah. So, did you give your number ranking? Or do you want to give your number ranking? I have not given it yet. I will do that now. Just another quick reminder for the listener. We rank songs 1 to 10. 1 is bad. 10 is good. 5 is mid. Last week, I gave Change a 4. And that has been on my mind this week when trying to rank this song. Because I'm like, this song is not as bad as Change. Yeah. So I cannot then (laughs) rank it a 4. I can't even give it a 4 because it's not equally as bad either. It's it's better than Change is. So the lowest possible score that I can give it and still have any credibility is a five. And so that is what I have done. Uh, because it's a big old meh from me. I don't know. I, I do literally forget this song exists because I do not listen to it. I listened to it the first time that I played Lover and I was like, damn, well, false start. You know, I don't need to hear this song ever again. And I pretty much haven't until this week when I had to listen to it a couple of times for, for the podcast. Yeah. And I was not like, oh, man, you know, I made a mistake. Nope. I got it right the first time. Don't ever <laughs> need to hear it again. If I had given change a two like I initially thought I was going to do, I would give this song a three, and I would have felt happy about that. But for the reasons previously stated, I've given it a five, and I feel like I'm being generous. Yeah. Well, I think five is fine. Um, I don't think you're necessarily being generous, but that's on my opinion. <laughs> well, what do you give it then, lady? <laughs> so... I gave it a six. It could be better in a different track list, but I think that really drags it down. 
being that it's the opener and it really doesn't live up to what an opener needs to be. It's a six for me because if it comes on, if I'm not really skipping songs, I'm just letting it play, I'm gonna be like vibing. I'm gonna be like, oh my god, three nights You know, I'm gonna be killing it, right? Dancing in my car. But I don't seek it out, like ever, almost. Yeah, I don't like the repeated words mm-hmm. down, 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 wrong, 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 all mm-hmm. that shit. I don't, I don't. Someone might find that cute. It does not come off cute to me, it comes off annoying. I don't like the little giggle she does in it. You know, I almost never want that. She does it a couple of times in different songs, and I'm almost always like, man, I wish that was in there. The, like, thing, the thing that I like the most is the way the song ends. I like that she, like, it kind of turns into a spoken word, and then she's like, so, yeah. Yeah, see, that's, a, <laughs> that's another part that I'm like, ugh. No, like, I kind of like that. <laughs> like, I cringe, man. I'm just like, ugh. Like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to. It's it's no, it's a little precious. That's me. what makes precious. it feel more like a conversation to yeah. me. Like I'm talking to my friend, and I'm like, mm, well, I worked out that you existed, so yeah. Yeah, but I don't. When I listen to music, I want it to sound like a song. I don't want a conversational vibe. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know we were going to be so divided over this song. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like what it. I don't like what it's about. I don't like what it strives to do. So interesting. And I don't think it accomplishes its goal well either. I just don't think it's a good song. Yeah, I think you don't like Lover as an album much. It's lower on your list. Yeah, I don't hate it, but Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, relatively. And uh, I think, I think I forgot that this is a big part of it. I think it gives people a bad first impression. When they listen to Lover and think... Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think it can be hard to get over, you know? Yeah. Not I, that it's the only bad song. It's not, but... I think if you when you pull it away from the album and you don't compare it to what, what it adds or takes away from the album, I do genuinely enjoy it. And it sounds like you don't. So I, do <laughs> I gave it a six. I think on a different track list, it could be better, but currently it takes too much away from Lover. On as, as a song on its own, I really like it. But yeah, it boils down to, it isn't love, it isn't hate, it's just indifference. She said the thing, you guys. Wink. Wink. <laughs> but um. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is the end of this episode of the podcast. Down in the episode description, you will find a poll. You can give us your ranking. Of I Forgot That You Existed. Yeah. And you can also visit our social meets, Instagram, Twitter, both linked in the description. We're going to probably put it in the outro as well. Mm-hmm. And you can share your thoughts there if you have thoughts beyond a number. Well, for this one, we'll go ahead and say them just in case we don't get the outro from Madeline in time. But hopefully we'll have it by next week. All right. So Instagram is at Cowboys Like Us underscore pod. And Twitter is at Cowboys Like underscore pod. Yes, indeed. Follow us. Like it. Give us reviews. We're also available anywhere you get podcasts now because I figured out how to do that. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon Podcasts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. All right. I think that's it. Have a good A good week, and we will see you next time, and we will be talking about 
What song, Kimberly? Babe. Yep. Babe from Red TV Vault Trek. I think it's our first Vault Trek. Yeah, originally recorded by Sugarland. Sugar All right. Bye. Bye.